Just raise your voice unto the king. Let the utterances of your vocal cords ascend into the heavens. Come bless the Lord, O ye servants of the Lord, who stand by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in his holy place and bless the Lord. We give you praise, we give you thanks tonight. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. You may be seated for the next 15 minutes. The Lord bless you. Hallelujah. When you study your Bible, precisely the Old Testament, there was a way that God dealt with his people. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible reveals that God is spirit. Them that worship him most worship in spirit and in truth. Because God is spirit, and because God has no beginning, because God has no ending, we'll do well to learn from the way he dealt with previous generations. It will enlighten us as to how he is. It, he, it will enlighten us of his ways and how he functions. There was something about the nation of Israel that separated it from other nations. Yes, every nation has to sustain a particular kind of philosophy. But the philosophy of the nation of Israel was God. God established their laws. God established the kind of civilization that should exist among them. And he added that if you can obey these instructions of man, then I'll cause blessings to flood your gates. Hallelujah. Secondly, the people of Israel did not just have a law. They had the living word of God which was in the mouth of the prophets. Now, so it was a nation that had prophetic declarations and prophetic utterances as touching the purposes of God concerning them. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Now, if you are somebody that uh, is given to prayer, consistent prayer, one of the things that will happen to you is that God opens the gate of the prophetic and begins to give you insight into things that are yet to come. Now, Every true believer should have a picture and understanding, a little insight into what God wants to perform in your life in the future. If you don't have that, then I don't know how you have been living. Because we live, the Bible says Jesus, because of the joy that was set before him, he was able to endure current and present circumstances. So he had an idea of that which was factored in the future. And that was the strength that he had in the present to go through situations and circumstances that were contrary. Hallelujah.
Now, so if you don't have an insight into the future, you may not behave well in the present. Because the devil will come and bring circumstances and your interpretation of it will not be consistent with the perspective of God just because you only see today, you never see tomorrow. And so this was a nation that had the utterances of the prophets as a support system. Even though you capture them and you put them in captivity. You see, their captivity is a captivity of hope. Because even before they went to captivity, there was a prophetic word that was uttered. So I'm, I'm just trying to bring you into the context of how God dealt with these people. They knew that their captivity would not last forever. Because even while they were in slavery, they were all armed with the utterance of God that had been spoken about the fact that a time will come when deliverance will come to them. That is different from a man that is sentenced to jail, life imprisonment, and he doesn't have any hope of deliverance. Are you with me now? These guys were in prison, these guys were in captivity, but they had the voice of God with them that their days in captivity will not linger forever. Now, that was how God dealt with them. As far as God's dealings with his people is concerned, what he speaks about their future is pivotal, is necessary, is important. Okay? In fact, you can even access your level of compliance with God's expectation by putting yourself side by side with that which God has spoken about you. Amen. You can, you see, because if we don't have a reference point, if we don't have anything to look at, it is possible for you to become lascivious and you lose all sense of urgency about life. We have a methodology to access our compliance with God's expectation, especially when we have an insight into what God has said He wants to do through us. So, the nation of Israel never in time never existed without a word hanging over them. Oh, you are not with me. Amen. What is the difference between your generation and the generation of your father? Is it just time and dates? You were born in 19... Is this just dates? Maybe he was born in 19... Something, something? Is that just the difference between your time and his time? The natural man might differentiate it with dates and times. But the spiritual man articulates God's expectation and God's intention... In each of those eras. Now, see the Bible says that in the days of John the Baptist. It was a specified time. What happened in that time? The kingdom of God allows violence. That means at that point. It was another spiritual rule was crystallized. Another spiritual provision was created. 
another spiritual possibility became allowed violence pressing into god with an appetite that is insatiable became an advantage from when the days of what john the baptist and that differentiated that era from errors that existed before that time so we quantify the the significance of an era is not dates and times the significance of an era is what god intends to achieve and how are you aligned with that which god wants to achieve that is what gives value to our life as christians upon the face of the earth if you sent me to the university to go and do my master's degree right now i hope you know there are so many people that have master's degree out there so that I, I, I gain a master's degree in chemistry now will not make a, the world a better place. <laughs> oh my. Hallelujah. If suddenly you bag a doctorate degree and maybe you, are, you come to the altar and you give your testimony, I have two cars parked, I have... I just had another doctorate degree. You are still looking at life from the standpoint of dates, times, events, and occurrences. You are still considering life from the perspective of, 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 of Ecclesiastes. Because the philosopher viewed life when life, when the Holy Spirit is withdrawn from life what is left are circles and cycles are you with me from the time man declared independence in the garden of eden god withdrew the spirit from the old creation and god only walks as long as the spirit is walking so the moment the spirit was withdrawn it means he stopped walking but the creation was left with a potential the potential of seed bearing fruit. So the normal natural cycles and cycles were still sustained even though God was no longer what? Walking. So Methuselah can count 969 years, but that is just dates and times. The, <laughs> there's no significant thing that the Spirit is doing all through those. So to him, more years was not an advantage, it was a cost. Follow me. Are you still with me? <laughs> it's not about more years. There's something significant that God does in every era. And that's why he never left any generation in Israel without a prophet hanging over them. And something significant in God's agenda wanted to happen, the watchers were there. They, they were the ones that gave us a that it might be fulfilled what was spoken by jeremiah the prophet do you know how many years it took in between the utterance and the fulfillment those years in between were just dates and times circles and cycles never struck any chord in eternity i don't want to be at, as empty as dates as empty as time there's nothing you can do to the date to stop it from moving it's just a way of marking things it's not a thing in itself Are you with me? Because when I saw us praying today, it was, it's obvious that 
today we, we, didn't, we, we are not sure of why we are praying. <laughs> My God. You see, there's a burden. I'm just praying God will help me to communicate that burden to you. Now, so God never left his people without a prophecy. An insight into his program, into his perspective. So, as to afford them the opportunity of alignment. All right, let's, let's do some practical stuff. You know, I'm just preaching and you might say, oh, that's good theology. What I'm talking about is not theology. Now, what's your name? Ahmed. Ahmed. Uh, yes, Ahmed. Okay, this is Ahmed. All right, so where are you from? Oh, Ahmed. Okay, sit down. I'll ask you... A few more questions. His name is Ahmed. He's from Adamawa. When did you give your life to Christ? It's been long. How long now? About five years now. All right. So, Ahmed gave his life to Christ about five years ago. As far as God is concerned, all of the life that Ahmed lived until five years ago. It's dates and times, circles and cycles. Never struck a chord anywhere. He was living all the food he ate, everything he did. All the bread he consumed. Never struck a chord anywhere. Meanwhile, in still in the lifetime of some people, they were able to cut covenant with God that shaped and that we continue to shape life under heaven just because one man had sufficient stature to cut covenant with god that covenant is one of the bases by which the life of men thereafter will be shaped that is a man that lives on not as a dead man he lives and he's alive because the impact of his faith and i hope you know faith is not time dependent his faith is still in the earth, shaping the lives of men. That is a man that had life in his years and not necessarily years in his life. There were many scriptures that gave us insight into the fulfillment of God's grand plan. And God's grand plan finds its center and circumference in the manifestation of Jesus. So many scriptures give us insight into that grand plan. I hope before we start the meeting next weekend, you will not be using this kind of... And because I'm not hearing what I'm saying now. They are working on the speakers. Okay, and it will come before next week. Because are you hearing what I'm saying? You are. I'm, I, I don't. I don't know. So many books spoke about the fulfillment of God's grand plan, especially the Gospels. And the peculiar thing about the Gospels is that as you read along then they give you prophetic synapses 
this was to fulfill that which Isaiah said. Alright? For instance, Jesus showed up one evening and hid everybody and cast out devils. And then they had to add in bracket that it might be fulfilled what was spoken by Isaiah the prophet that himself took our infirmities and carried our sicknesses. Alright? Now so they were careful to add whenever there was a fulfillment so that people that are reading will understand that God is dealing with a nation that is not empty. A nation that has prophecies. A nation that has promises. A nation that has covenants. They had what? Prophecies. They had what? Promises. And they had covenants. You also have covenants. You have prophecies. You have promises. And the unfolding of the life of a man that has these three things cannot be fully captured by date and times but by fulfillments somebody said fulfillments so we don't reckon their lives according to dates and according to times we reckon their lives according to what now if i had my diary here i would have read out to us that in 2003 on the 20th of october the Lord Jesus appeared to me and he was with me from 12 midnight to 3 a.m. in the morning. And these were the things he showed to me. These are the things he showed me and these are the things he told me. Are you with me? Now so, those things have their own seasons. Are you here? The Bible says, blessed is he that believeth for there shall be a performance of those things that are told her. That means when, when, when you believe, there's an activation of that reality and it's looking for her to find for an expression. The Bible also reveals that those things that God speaks comes to pass in their season. That means you cannot make it come to pass. That you, it's just like you plant corn and then you go there and start crying after two weeks that you want to harvest it. And then you now prophesy, prophesy to the, to the farm and say, deliver the corn. There's nothing you do because it's running by a principle. And then a time may come, you might get angry. So you want to make it come to pass. You will now fulfill what Abraham did when he took in Hagar, Ishmael, who when you are finished delivering that substance god will say that's not the one i spoke about anyway you have done very well to produce this i've rejected it it's your own problem and your property but i'm still holding on because that which i want to do will come to pass in my season the season i choose the season i deem fit nothing you can do about it. So you see that even the prophets that uttered prophecies were as helpless as the people that they prophesied to because they can only prophesy, they don't have the ability to bring it to pass. 
based on these things that we have discussed so far, how should the life of a believer be? Now, see, we said we mark his life with fulfillments and not with times. Fulfillments. Then the story of Elizabeth and Mary now gave us some insight. When they met, the things they were carrying inside leaped. So, anytime you that you are walking, keeping pace with the Holy Spirit and journeying according to His will, when you get to a place when there's going to be a fulfillment, what happens? What you are carrying inside, there is ministration. God does what? So that's that I'm talking about. Are you with me? God is saying, cast not away that. Because the mightiest things, the greatest things, prophecies that were uttered came to pass in the most natural and despised ways. Oh, you are not here. They say the great king is to be born. Where did they find him? In the manger. Just like that. If you are not really looking for fulfillment of, you will find something else. Say, cast not away your confidence. The reason why I say cast it not, because the possibility of casting it exists. It's very easy for you to cast it, and then you become empty. It's very easy for you not to watch over your convictions. It's very easy to have it replaced with something else without knowing. But what made you lead was a promise, a prophecy, and a covenant. What kept you moving at the onset was not a tangible thing, was something you received. And then God now, on the strength of that, your work of faith began with God. Something intimate, because he originated it, you have to perfect it. He has to be where it originated, he has to be in the process, to be at the finish point. So, you are under pressure to be close to God. But it's very easy as you are joining for you to exchange your conviction for something else. To exchange it. To exchange your conviction. So I've discovered that the average Christian in the body of Christ is not able to sustain a conviction more than 10 years. And if your life will be reckoned not by dates and times, but by fulfillments and alignments. And the Bible says that it will not be fulfilled in your time. It will be fulfilled in the time that God chooses to glorify himself. And he now gives us an understanding. Cast not away your confidence. Because one of the things that the devil use, uses to weary us is time. Especially when you give God a time frame for manifestation. You have given the devil an opportunity to weary you. A lady came to me and said, tell your God to give me my husband in the next six months or I, I'll do something. Now, you see, what I, I told her, do that, just go and do the thing now. <laughs> just go and do it. Because... Never do that. 
when you do that kind of stuff, you allow the devil weary you because you, are, you want to create it in your time. You're already operating in error. And you're giving the devil an opening to torment your soul and to accuse God to your hearing. You see, we need to teach the truth and keep teaching it consistently so that people can be hearing it. Because these days, we have so many versions of deception. And you must be establishing the truth if you have, if you are going to have any future at all. God is not a money doubler. God doesn't give men false hope. The ancients that found favor with him, we have studied the way they walk with God and we can do the same and get greater results. Are you still with me? Are you with me now? Now, as we go on in the teaching, I would like us to become more personal, more practical. Emmanuel, can you tell us what God has told you that has not yet happened? Is there anything like that? God told you something, but the thing has not yet happened. Do you have anything like that? All right. Let's see. Um, well, um, there are several things that God has spoken to me actually that hasn't come to pass. One of them was a, a vision I had one morning praying about um, rescuing, uh, rescuing the earth, people, young people from addictions and, and, oh. and struggles. And I was praying that morning to be part of this rescue team. And I, I'm still in the, I still see it fulfilling. I've not seen it totally happen because there's a lot of addictions happening. Uh, so God comes without a prophet. He doesn't leave you without putting a demand on you so that the eyes of your understanding will become the searchlight by which your way is guided. He always does that. And that's the kind of people he wants us to be. A people of prophecy. A people of insight. A people that see life from a perspective that is deeper than the rising of the sun and the setting of the moon. A people that have something to hope for and to look for and to expect because the Holy Spirit has left a seed, a viable seed upon their heart. You know, we live in a day where you hardly find a Christian that is passionate about the things of God and then 25 years later you look for him and then you see the same passion or greater passion. That's not always the case. Most of the time when you find them later, the passion has gone down. Um, the life has been readjusted to assimilate another perspective. Uh, uh, it means the person has casted away his confidence. He's no longer in tune with the prophetic utterances. He has decided to settle for the normal, natural life of human struggle. Is there still a world that is living and active in your heart that puts you under pressure to live a certain kind of lifestyle just so that those words can find fulfillment? If you still have a world like that, that you are still keeping pace and covenant with, then you are living. If you don't, you are not. Hallelujah. 
If you have a word like that, then the scripture that says, because I live, you will live also, is true concerning you. It's actively, vitally true. Because I know a theologian here will say, that scripture applies also to people that are born again. Very true. But a man can be born again, but not living by the resources of God. A man can be born again, but not sustaining the perspective of God. A man can be born again, but doesn't have the passion of the things of God. So that person has life, but he doesn't have it more abundantly. Just like the difference between a sinner and a forgiving sinner. There's also a difference between a Christian and a consecrated Christian. A normal Christian. There is also a difference between him that has life and him that has found it more abundantly. Before we round up and enter into a session of prayer, I just want to challenge us a little bit. What are the critical indicators and the relevant factors that depict this season in God's agenda? Why are we here at this point? Why didn't we come in the day of, of, of our father? Hallelujah. This is a time where God has decided to bring Africa into focus. Hallelujah. It's Africa's time of focus. You must understand that God gave every continent something special. Like if we Africans today claim that we want to match the Western world with technology, it is not given to us. You get it? The Western world have been blessed with technology. We can only learn from their technology. And in areas where we are confused, call them to come and establish it where we are. But you see, you were born naked but not empty. Just like you were not born empty. Every continent was not fashioned for fun. There is something fundamentally true and there's a fundamental deposit in every continent and in every nation that God meant gender. By the time we look closely at the book of Luke, when Luke was trying to cut the fact that it was prophetically structured for Jesus once upon a time to find himself in Egypt. Security situations and natural political situations led the family to take Jesus to Egypt. But that was actually a fulfillment of prophecy. Those things were on ground, but they were already spoken before they began to take effect. Because it was written that out of Egypt have I called my son. If you understand the Bible days, the days of Jesus, you will know that when the Bible speaks of Egypt and previously, it's talking about Africa. 
out of Egypt have I called myself. There's something about the continent of Africa that has the capacity to preserve that which is of Christ and to deliver it when all the noise is over. When all the shaking is over, that which was incubated in Africa will come back and be put on display. It is Africa's time of focus. Many things, I hope if you study history, you will discover that most of the revolutions we have in industrial, technological, they were, they were preceded by a move of God in those territories. Because the Bible says in him was life, and this light was light unto men. So anytime the light of God begins to break in a particular place, light comes to men in that place. Many other things are weaved into those dimensions. You, you hear witnesses of villages that were under darkness that maybe God led a few people to go pray for, pray in, do some prophetic stuff, and then thereafter development started coming. There are several kinds of demonic covenants in some places that will not allow even development to creep into those places except some activity of light is figured within that terrain out of egypt have i called my son it's africa's time of focus and when we look at the continent of Africa, consider all the countries, Algeria, Zimbabwe, Swaziland, South Africa. Look at all the countries that we have in Africa, critically. When you do that, I would like you to also look at some factors. First of all, you need to find out the characteristics of all the places that God visited big time. It's, it's a place that has um, characteristics that are well known. Number one, it's normally a place that is a melting point for various tribes. God's perspective, God sees nations and generations. And God's perspective of nation is not nation states, it's tribal states. Tribal homogeneity, thief nation, a nation. He doesn't see it as Benue State. You don't, there's nothing like Benue State in the spiritual. Lands of tribes. Israel was a 12th, Israel's family was a 12th membered family. And the impartations and the anointings that were upon those individuals shaped the life of tribes that came out of them that eventually gained territory. And so the purposes of God are territorial. You can look at the church from the eternal perspective, universal perspective, global perspective. But by the time you get to the book of Revelation, the church is viewed in Revelation chapter 2 and 3 from the territorial perspective. So we are talking about territory. Now God's agenda must find expression within the territories. And if it's going to find expression within the territories, you see that the territories have been shared to tribes. So God is particular about various tribes. In fact, the Bible reveals that uh, at the end of the day, that there will be no tribe among men that salvation did not get to. 
You get me now. When you look critically and look at the nation Nigeria, you come to discover that it is a melting point of various tribes. Most populous black nation and the melting point of various tribes. One out of two out of every ten black people you see is a Nigerian. That's serious. So a nation that is strategically identified like this must be a nation that somehow God has an agenda for. Are you still with me? Not with me. Now I'm telling you these things that I'm sharing with you in view of the things that I know that God will begin to do next year. Maybe not with everybody, but he will still do it. Whether with us or not, he will still do it. It's his plan. It's his purpose. It's agenda. And people that are under the rule and the purpose of God are reckoned not in terms of time and dates, just as we said, how are they reckoned in terms of fulfillment. Hallelujah. When you see the nations that the devil is fighting so hard, he has hit their economies down, he has knocked everything down, he wants to cripple everything, they, they are, they are, there's no hope. They are, It is because the generation that will bring to pass God's purposes has not yet come. Because God sees nations and generations. Somebody sees nations, sees nations. And, generations. and generations. Now, so the purposes of God are factored in nations and in generations. I know you didn't get that. See, God might want to do something through the generation. But he may wait for 35 generations in order for him to find a generation sufficient that has a posture and a perspective that aligns with his heart desire. Now if he needs to wait for 35 generations, so be it. But his intention to do that with the Igede nation will not change. Now so God's plans are constant. His men change. You get that? Whenever you, that thing called the the grace and callings of God are without repentance. And then people think that what it means is that if God has called you and anointed you, that the anointing cannot be withdrawn. The anointing will be withdrawn if you are not living according to the principles. But what it means is that if God decides that I'm going to do something from, from Werner's family, he will not repent. He will keep reaching out but he will need to look for, he will wait until the generation that is ready to work with him comes. Maybe it is you he chose for the first generation and you became careless. 
You don't want to work with him. He even released some of the anointing on you. You started working in it and then decided to shift ground. He will also draw his deposit and sit down and wait. But that anointing is real in the realm of the spirit. And upon the winner comes when a generation comes and says, oh, Here we are. Then the same thing begins to happen again. That's why if you want to trace a move of God, you cannot use date and time. No. Are you with me? Jeremiah prophesied and he prophesied that Israel was going to go into captivity. He suffered for that prophecy. He was cut off for that prophecy. But the prophecy had gone forth. Many years later, God, the time for that prophecy had been fulfilled. In order for another relevant man to continue God's agenda, to continue, that man had to read the book of Jeremiah. Do you understand that? And then the agenda continued. He moved, the, he took the move of God to another excellence. He needed new insights because the, the season Jeremiah prophesied about has expired. So new insights started coming. New revelations started coming. New utterances. New things began to take place. Is it new? It's just a continuation of God, what God has started long time. So you cannot use dates and times to capture it. You can only use fulfillments to capture it. So all the people that lived between Jeremiah to Daniel, most of them were, were irrelevant. The relevant lights, Daniel from, sorry, Jeremiah, Daniel, and then the process continued. That's how relevance is in the scheme of things of God. A man is not so strong as to stop God from moving. He can't do that. It's not given to him. He doesn't have such capacity. Somebody say, if, if anything will happen here to happen, by me, those people, God allows them to live long. And he shows them that those things will still happen while they are alive. And even if their desire, because of the things they said, they were cut off. Long life was given to them so that they can see it happen without them. Man cannot, the devil cannot say God will not walk. No. It's not given to them. Now so, we that have been called of God, called to be participate in grand strategy there is a manner of life we have to sustain there is a watchfulness that must be part and parcel of our living there is an urgency that must be factored into our daily lives there is an alignment that should be achieved in the place of prayer every day so that we will not cast away our confidence but because therein lies a great recompense of reward. And so I was saying something. So if God says, I'm going to use, do this thing out of Igede land, normally you will not put a time. Because he doesn't match his events with time and dates. He marks them. Time is not a factor in eternity. So he doesn't match mark his events with time and dates because time and dates are part of the normal cycles and cycles of the old creation that is not an element that he recognizes that's why the bible says that it makes everything beautiful in his time that means time to him is like a rubber band now so do not compare somebody's timing with your own your own temple is different it came out of heaven 
And you must look to God to understand your seasons and your timings. That's how it works. That's how men of prophecy work. That's how prophets of old work. They were not time dependent. They were fulfillment dependent. Now, I wanted to get married. I had the money to get married. I had everything to get married. I was 30 years old. And I said, yes, time to make it happen. And God told me, say, young man, it's next year. I said, no. <laughs> because... <laughs> Then a serious problem now came. A serious problem that took one year to solve. Then I spoke like a philosopher that had experienced truth, like Job. God is greater than man. Don't think that maybe if you charge, let's say, Noah say, uh, it, what's his name? Jonah, say he won't preach, he won't preach. No problem. Then he went into the belly of the whale and all of that. And, and then in the days of Jesus, we now discover that he's going into the belly of the whale. His rebellion was already factored. There was allowance. Provision was given to his likelihood of rebellion. And a prophecy, a reference was made to it in Jesus' ministry. As Jonah was in the belly of the whale for three days, even so, ah, so how would you say it's a mistake? How will you say it was just his will that was working? Anytime you think, it's my will, you are in limbo. You don't have a foundation. Because even that your rebellion, he made provision for it. He knew you would rebel like that. So he, made... <laughs> he made provision. And a time will come in your life, he will refer to that your rebellion as a basis of teaching you wisdom. Then you... There's a manner of life that we must sustain. Can I give us just three things we'll, we'll go for today? One, you must be consistent. Ma <laughs> See, those days when we were on campus, there was a prophet, a guy, loaded from heaven. And he came and began to prophesy. The prophecies were so much in volume that some some scribes had to be putting it down as he was what professor do you know that before the prophecies came to pass the guy had backsliding in this town they had to look for him in, in a beer parlor and show him that every word he spoke as mysterious as they were no one fell to the ground that was what eventually convicted him and brought him back. But he could not the time that was lost that he spent in the vehicle. Because that dimension, that realm is powered by an eternal spirit whose wisdom your mind cannot comprehend. You know, it is wise for you to be what? Consistent. The, the devil will fight so that you will not be consistent. Because if you are consistent and even weak, you will still fulfill the promise. Because when God comes, he doesn't ask Adam, how are you? He asks Adam, where are you? Is it? There you are. 
<laughs> it's not how I use what? It means he's expecting you to be somewhere. Be consistent. Two, don't be distracted. He said, looking unto Jesus, in the original context, is actually looking away unto Jesus. That means in order for you to maintain your gaze on Jesus, what will you do? You look away from something else. The devil, through seduction and lust, will want to get you to look at something else. He knows that if you just keep your focus, what was spoken will come to pass. What was spoken has the ability to bring itself to pass. It doesn't need your help. Do you understand? The Bible says that the word of God will bring its fruits in its season. That is programmed to function that way. He sent his word and he healed them. He has the capacity to heal them and to deliver them from all their destruction. It is embedded in it. Now, if you are going to see prophecies fulfilled then you have to know how to handle distraction i've seen anointed but distracted people very anointed people but it's distracted if we come back in the next 10 years we will still find you passionate about the things you are passionate about now that's the question because it's very easy in ministry when you take somebody's message when he started and then you take his message 12 years later you see that two different spirits are talking it's just distraction and it doesn't happen in one day it just happens because there are some influences you allow to come into your life and suddenly and ultimately the things that your spirit captured are no longer your burdens of the present time. I've seen mighty people. I've seen strong people. In fact, I don't consider myself strong in that class. I've seen the strong, the ones that are really strong. I've seen them. And I'm not one of them. I'm just somewhere. Just, <laughs> my God, I'm just somewhere. I've seen the strong. I know one on campus those days. He fast 21 days dry fasting. I've never done that and I will never do that. In Jesus' name. <laughs> My and it's not as if he does it and he will not break and start again. Uh, he was almost always doing dry fasting and just he was as lean as anything, but he continued doing it. Me, I can fast. I will break in the night. By nine, by ten, I'll break. I can for 40 days anyway. Can do that for 200 days. But I will not do 21 days dry fasting. If you, are, if you have the grace, I will pray for you. Just inform me, I'll pray for you. For your sake. Now, the fact that I, I'm not doing it doesn't mean you should not. I'm not, I'm not a gospel. I, I'm not a gospel. But I'm telling you, I'll never do Yes, I'm a living epistle, but not a gospel. <laughs> the guy goes dry. 
It was in one of those, 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 those fastings, an inspiration came to him, and God said to him, I will anoint your pen, and you will use it to conquer nations. His pen. Now, the guy came out of fasting, would take paper like this, write on it, and paste it. And an, a confused campus will be reading it. You know, if you give students a choice, they won't read it. But this guy will write and put it. Until it became a movement. Until it became a movement. People started putting board too. Because he put board. And he began to influence people through his writing. I met the guy many years later. He was no longer. Now, where did all the fasting go? He was not wasted. But he was distracted and he could not realize it. Do you understand that? He was, he, as far as I was concerned, those days, he was the youngest Christian those days on campus. He was the one that saw me and said, Hey, you have power inside of you, but you don't know how to unlock it. Then he told me the fasting formula of unlocking power. So I traveled to Otupo and I used the formula. That was how I started moving in power. He's the guy that taught me the secret. But he himself never moved power. Till today. He came here and saw me preaching and God was... I, there was so much anointing. I said, you know, that thing you taught me, I'm still using it. And he, he wept because maybe his own was brighter. But there was distraction. I went to his church in Abuja. I saw his wife. I said, has he introduced, has he told you about me very well? That he taught me something. And that thing is still working. She didn't believe because in the service, God opened my eyes. I was standing in the office of a prophet that night. I could scare almost everybody in the hall. And even him too, I came. The scanner. So when I told the wife that your husband taught me something, he didn't believe that. But I know that man. You may not respect him. I do. Because I saw him in the days of his glory. And the counsel he gave me is still working. Do you understand? But it's very easy for a very strong man to miss a spiritual thing. A spiritual, you can miss it easier, more easily than your breath. More easily than the breath of your nostrils. Let me tell you the truth. I was not the best. Just in case you look at me and say, Hey, where? No. There were men that were better. But I checked them. I stumbled on them. Some years back. And didn't find them where they were. So me, we that are not strong, we're able to crawl with our crawling and we reach a place where sunlight is. We didn't know we reached there. So if our crawling gave us some motion, we continue. Because when it comes, he will not ask you, how are you? What will he ask you? Must become consistent. 
as I round up before we begin to pray for the next 30 minutes. It's Africa's time of focus. God has decided to turn his face to the continent of Africa. Nigeria is the firstborn, God's firstborn in Africa. If Nigeria doesn't fulfill her purpose, other African nations will not be able to fulfill their purpose. Nigeria is the apostolic face of Africa. It means that there are new things that God is going to birth in the spirits of people from this nation. And those things will be pioneered. People will travel out of this nation to other nations to pioneer it. It is going to be a nation that will disciple other nations. And that's why the devil is fighting this nation and fighting our economy. But just like I said, God's eyes are on nations and what? Oh my God. God's eyes are what? On nations and on what? Now so if a nation fails, the devil can prosper. And that's why I'm saying that what we need now is not the rise of just a strong man. We need a, a generation to be of the Lord because it's, got, it's a responsibility of a generation. You and I are part of those people that God is looking up to, to bring about that change. And they, they, the recovery will begin when you begin to align with God's principles. The same principles that establishes the throne of God in heaven becomes factored into your life. For example, the Bible says that throne of God is forever and ever. The scepter of thy kingdom is a right scepter. No throne has the capacity to last forever. But his own lasts forever because of the principle upon which he is sitting. It is sitting on, on the principle of what? Of righteousness. That's why he can keep on existing. Keep on. The dynasty keeps on reigning. Now, if there is no righteousness in your life, you lose one mighty privilege. When you have not yet inculcated that principle as part of the principles that holds your existence. Such that you cannot live outside of that principle. Do you get comfortable telling lies? Do you get comfortable living in falsehood? Do you lie to yourself? Do you like living in the shadows? No. The way of the kingdom is the brilliant light. Come into that light and let that light. See, God is such a God that is righteous. And because of his righteousness... When you do something wrong, he will tap you and say, see, deal with it. Because there's forgiveness in this kingdom. But he will tell you to initiate the process in order to receive the blessing of... You see, he, his nature is righteousness. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Now, if you are going to work with him, that nature will have to become your inner structure. It is when righteousness is part of your structure that you can establish right, righteousness in your office. Oh, you are not with me. That you can establish righteousness in your family. That you can establish righteousness where you walk, among your colleagues. That this is my own principle. You may have yours, but this is mine. This is how I function. We must have to develop and imbibe different principles. Not the kind of principles that we have seen from a failed generation. You must begin to develop your life on that platform of righteousness now. If not, you will just find out that years will pass. Your life will lose its significance. 
Let your heart still burn. When you do something wrong, let it still burn. So that you can go and make it right. And ask God to teach you how to establish that principle in that life. Are you with me? Be a man of truth. Be a man of honesty. Be a man of integrity. Be a man that people can take you at your word. Don't worry. I'll do it. And you remember, six months later, you don't have the ability to do it, but it's still in view. That's how our God is. We need to change principles by which our generation will survive, will live. Because our country, obviously, is operating by principles that is bringing it into decay and decadence. And the Bible says, righteousness against a nation. But some people must pioneer it. They must bring it and establish it in places where it is not. They will have to put it in the police. Where righteousness is foreign. A new breed without greed will have to invade our known world. And rid it of the infirmities of a failed generation. And every one of us will have to be apostolic. To pioneer something new in his own sphere of influence. People around might look at you and wonder. You are a Jew if you are afraid to be called names you are not deep enough. Because when you begin to operate by a different kingdom, people will know that you are not a man of this generation. And it is when we have been able to not just live right, but to establish righteous principles anywhere we find ourselves, then we'll be ready to change the nations of the world. Then we can fulfill our prophetic destiny for which God has preserved us as a generation. Tell your neighbor you were born naked, but not empty. The nations need that which God has put inside of you. And it's time for you to begin to establish your life on the things that establishes the throne of God. Now we'll stop here for today and we are going to pray. Just two prayer points. Tomorrow, we have some talk to do. Some lessons to learn. We need to go, we need to go deeper. It's an expectation that God has. We are living in the days of the fulfillment of prophecy. The things that God spoke many years ago. He seeks men of sufficient stature that can implement it. He seeks men that can actually strategize righteous strategy and bring the influence of God not just on their hearts, but on their territory, on, in their nation, in their family. When you see a family that is prayerless, it's a family that so many kind of stuff can exist around it. And then now wakes up and he begins to bring prayer and he forces everybody to hear the tongues and the tongues begin to move until the people don't have a choice they begin to pray themselves when that kind of thing is happening it means the horizon of the family is changing so that they can accommodate something new we have to renovate the entire landscape of our nation and when it is renovated when righteousness sits in it when the principles that manifest in the kingdom of heaven are found in it then it will express and reflect Christ. That's his will. The Bible says that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. A generation must bring that dimension, that perspective. Not just righteousness in your heart. Somebody say Christianity is of the heart. You say, no, it might start there, but it can influence your government, your state, your local, your clan. Those 
can exalt a land. Can we pray tonight? And say, give me a, a, a righteous heart and a consistent spirit. Many guys are righteous within, but not consistent enough to make a mark. Give me a righteous heart. Consistent spirit. A righteous heart and a consistent spirit. That is what God wants to take to the nations of the world. Righteousness must break forth again. Righteousness must become the standard. The Bible says it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the house of God shall be established as chief among the mountains. It shall be exalted above the hills. And men will flow into it. Give me a righteous heart. A consistent spirit. Let my inner structure be righteousness. Let my mind be pallid and tempered by the principles of righteousness. Let nothing that is impure stay in my mind as the thing begins to come out and it's not in line with the principles of righteousness. Instantly I began to I begin to cast down those imaginations. I begin to cast those thoughts down. I begin to dethrone those thoughts because I am a sanctuary that was intended to manifest and reflect righteousness. Everything that is unrighteous cannot survive where I am. As we pray for the deliverance of our nation, I need you to understand that if the nation ever gets delivered, it's because righteous men come upon the scene. We don't have a godly president today because the church never raised one. You are that man that will bring about the change that we have been praying for. And so you need to live by the very principles that establishes the throne of God. We must be that generation. We must be that army. That's our call. That's why we are here to change the status quo, to bring new principles. The Bible says it, my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways the the, the, the ecosystem is changing a new entrance comes into environment healing begins to take place in the land who is he that is of sufficient stature that can bring the holy spirit into the climate of his family everything affliction that was brought by the enemy begins to experience healing the bible says i will hear and i will hear 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 the nations of the world they need the healing that is in the hands of god the bible says that for those that fear my name shall the son of righteousness come with healing in his wings the nations of the world they need the healing of jesus oh my god we that fear his name we are the conduit pipe by which he can establish his dream righteousness ex exalts a nation but sin it's a reproach to any people. 
sanctify my mind let me think the thoughts of god sanctify my vocal cord let me speak the words of god penetrate and permeate me permeate my inner man permeate my life permeate my soul permeate my conduct my lifestyle oh my god oh my god let god saturate your mind saturate your perspective let him begin to infiltrate your conduct and sustain in your life the perspective of the kingdom of god kubalan sete kubalan braska petos ivasasa babreska basgeta mante kopata out of Africa have I called my son out of Africa have I called him Rapateka basketon bregede la bagadaya Ebramase kampeta la balatalia Zake pronda kaparashkata Babreska tande skobalenta Babreska tande bregede la bakapata Babreska tendo manta leta kanda Abrakata yasaka malata Rapeskonte malatamina Abreska tamanta babori makadeba Rapata keskote bregede Rapakata labaska menata lebalo Brasketa manta labarate baskata Rapatanda sakabalata Rapatanda Alenta skebalo, ekapa skepala, rapata palatama. Something will come out of the continent of Africa. Something will break out a witness, a testimony, a light to the nations of the world. God is going to put something in the heart of African youths, African young men, African young women. And it's going it's to move them across rivers, move them across nations, establishing and planting the bloodstained banner of Jesus Christ in the heart of iniquity, in the heart of perversion, in the heart of perversity. God is going to do that work in our time and in our day. in the day of his coming and who shall stand when he appears for he shall be like a refiner's fire pusa debreska for mantua balesco fradiska mabra capetone casgamante rastabra atabanta baboria rabakentos kebalenta manda Oh my God, oh my God, Barascute Bregeza Ila Mantalia, Barascute Bregede La Bacanta Mala, Abrescompate Mazila, Adrescote Balante Cosamanta, Abrasqueto Manacapaya, Rapeta Nesco Bella Kenda, Ebrasquetomina Cademanzele, Ebrasquetomina Zelimandaha, Zizanantom Braia, Batescopala, Abacan Prasqueto Mandale, Bula na kapadaskema. Ma 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 ma. Sa ma 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 ma. Ika man santa ma 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 ma. 
Zenso balate bakante bregeda ila kampeta. Mantes obalate maka balata mena. Zibalate kombrasa kapatama. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ. Listen to me. A generation has failed God. A generation has missed God. And I know, hope you know what it happens when a generation misses God. They die in the wilderness. They die in transit. They don't die at they don't die at the destination. They die in transit. Then God raises a new generation. Listen to me. Out of Africa, there are going to be young people, young ladies, young guys, that God will birth new things in their heart. Are you with me? He will bet new things. He will bet unprecedented things. He will bet things that have no preference, no reference. He will bet it in them. You know, when I said that, I know somebody's uncomfortable. That how will God do something without a reference? When God came to Mary and said, you will give birth to a, a, a child. And when she knew no, had any man, any lady that time without knowing a man, put God in a jacket. You are going to see things you cannot explain. You are going to see things you never thought God could do. That God will begin to do. But a generation must rise with a different orientation. It doesn't matter if you have a university degree. You have a bachelor's degree. A master's is It's something new. It's about to break forth. Hallelujah. This is a time in which we live. We live in a time where God has decided to focus strongly on the continent of Africa. Your sufferings are not wasted. Your financial troubles are not wasted. God wants to build a genuine thing in your heart. So that in the day, in the, in the, in the face of battle, you will not bend and break. He wants to make you strong. Touch it. Rock it. Rest. So that you can take stuff to the nations. Africa was the only continent that was the breadbasket of the world once in a time. And it was Joseph that was the administrator of world food and sustenance. Don't you think something can come out of Africa? He said, out of Africa I've called my son. Out of Africa. Something will come out of Africa. You might not believe it. It looks cursed, dead, dark and black. But something will come out. Because our portion to the world is to bring back the revelation of Christ. That's our own contribution. The Western world might have technology. Um, America might have information. The Germans might have construction. But we will bring Christ back to the scene. We will bring back his power. We will bring back his glory. And that's why you need to set yourself and the coordinates of your life right. Because God is going to call forth his son from Africa. He will call his sons he will call his daughters from africa he will call his daughters he will call his sons from africa maybe you came from oju local government you have been laboring all across past and hard places he is doing that because he wants to take you to zimbabwe you will meet a hard land but when you scream waters will break out off of the past ground he will call his sons from africa And something is about to happen in the nations of the world. You see, you see, this generation is different from the last one. Hallelujah. One of the things that we denote our generation is the power of networking. 
realize that God has not given one man everything. But he has given little, little into different people. And so we'll come together and he will make us more one with each other. So that we can wage a more global warfare against the dominion of darkness. It is in our time that denomination will lose its power. It's in our time that sectarianism will lose its power. Because God will be doing something corporate, something more global. The, our warfare will be against one enemy. There's that networking rising now across the nations because of what God wants to do. I would like you to look at your neighbor. And tell your neighbor, I don't care what church you belong to. I don't care what is the color of your skin. I don't care. But as far as in Jesus Christ, we stand, we'll take the nations to his glory in the name of Jesus Christ. And that's what is rising from across the continents. That's what is rising from across the nations. A new generation that is not satisfied with the things going on around is coming up because there's a unique stirring of the Spirit of God that is breaking out of their spirit. They are trying to conform. It's not working out. They are trying to be part of systems. They cannot stay. It's like the spirit that was upon John the Baptist. It was the wilderness of Jordan that, that could capture and incubate him. He was a different kind of guy. He was not like his father Zachariah that was in the course of Abia. He was in the wilderness. And when he cried from there, his voice echoed in the palace. Different kinds of anointings that are not popular. They are not common. God is bringing them into manifestation and is coming upon a generation. I want you to cry and say, God, I will not miss my way. I will not miss my destination. I will not miss it. We are so close now. We are so close now. We cannot miss it. Thank God. For opening our eyes and for bringing us into the kingdom at the right time. We are so close now. We cannot miss it now. God is crying out. The spirit and the bride say come. The spirit and the bride say come. There's an alignment between the bride and the spirit. And many things are going to come into alignment many strange things are going to happen many things will begin to find expression because god is set to take us to that place that he saw before the foundation of the world Babreska tekos kamena halea, balanta skebalekaba, malanta sambole, malanta sakapatamena, rekapataske tombra semala. It doesn't matter what family you are from, it doesn't matter whether your village can be found on the map, but there is a spirit in man, the inspiration of the Almighty. Give them understanding. Something is brewing inside of you. Something is welling up from your heart. The, 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 the deliverance of nations have been factored into it. The Bible says, out of his belly circumfort rivers of living water. It is time. 
if you have not been discouraged all this while then i challenge you not to be discouraged now there is a sound there is a sound of an abundance of rain there is a sound there is a sound in the spirit it is time God will begin to orchestrate in your life the open doors to connect with strange kind of people people that you never knew you will meet all the days of your life then he opens the door and suddenly you begin to make contact with strange kind of people from different nations different parts of the country different tribes different kinds of ministries he begins to weave nations together weave persons together weave tribes together weave purposes together because of his grand plan his grand strategy oh god arise Unless your enemies be scattered. It's a mysterious walking of a strange God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let no man's heart fail him. For the Lord will come and he will not tarry. Say unto them that are of a fearful heart, the Lord cometh, he will come and save you. He will come and save you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you, Lord. I want to see you. Do not pay attention to the sufferings of this present time. Because the Bible says that the sufferings of this present time walk at in us an exceeding weight of glory. Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. Lord, we sing holy tonight. We sing holy from the depth of our being as we rejoice in the brilliant light of your glory being manifest upon the face of the earth. We lend our hands and our hearts. As we bow before your altar, we make mention of your faithfulness. And we are grateful to you that you have ministered this truth to our hearts and that you have brought us into your fold in this strategic time. Make out of us men and women of great value in your presence. And grant that the least among us will become as strong as David in Jesus' mighty name. 
Hallelujah. We are going to spend some time together. Took a break. So that I'll come back home. I almost died of hypertension. So that we can look upon the perfect law of liberty and contemplate the glory of God. And I believe that our lives will be filled in the little window of fellowship that we have together. But if you forget everything, don't forget. It's Africa's time in focus in God's agenda. Your suffering, your reproach, your poverty, all of those things are working out something in God's grand plan. And we sanctify him more precious that the sufferings of this present time. There's going to be a release of something very great in the coming year. And so God is possessing his people, taking them to a hybrid process that will provide capacity within them to receive that which God wants to do. I believe it will be a fullness of time for most of us. Hallelujah. What God is building and structuring in your life, beyond you, He has the nations in view. It's time for Africa to present an offering before the Lord. Our own quota must be submitted. And we give back to the world the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, that knowledge that excels every other knowledge. And that's why your life must be founded on Christ and his kingdom. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. I believe that as the week runs in, we'll find quality time to do some Bible study and to pray. God has a lot for us this month. Lot, 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 because of the things that he wants to do ahead of time. I bring you greetings from Lagos. And I believe that our time of fellowship together will be fulfilling. So I'll see you tomorrow again by 5 p.m. God bless you. In Jesus' name.